Hey, before we get into today's show, I want to invite you to a one-hour free workshop that I'm putting on on Saturday, January 28th at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. This workshop is focused on how to use your personal brand in your job search. I'll be teaching you everything you need to know about your personal brand, how it helps you in your job search process, how to craft your top three value proposition statements, and how to use your personal brand in your LinkedIn profile, resume, and elevator pitch. And after this session, I'm going to stick around for 30 minutes to answer any questions that you have all free. This is the perfect way to kick off your job search in 2023. So if you're making a career move this year, you can't miss it. I won't be sending a replay. So join me live. Head over to the show notes in this episode and register for the workshop. See you there. Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast, episode 77. Today, I'm going to be diving into procrastination and how it holds you back in your career change process. And I'm going to share some strategies to help you work through this as you work on your job search. Because from what I've seen, procrastination is the biggest dream killer for any goal that you have. And in my case, when I work with career changers, it elongates a process that is already on average at least six to nine months. And so when you're working on a longer term goal, procrastination is something that can really get in the way and derail all of the work and the efforts that you're doing. So part of overcoming procrastination is understanding why you procrastinate, because there are different reasons. For example, some people procrastinate out of fear that they start doing the work and then realize, wow, I'm so behind, or wow, I don't know how to do something. They're afraid of the sentences that they're going to say to themselves once they realize what's ahead of them. So when you think about like the analogy of climbing a mountain, or going on a really intense hike. There's the fear of getting started because you realize, wow, I still have a long way to go. For some people, they procrastinate out of perfectionism, so the fear of failure, and others procrastinate because of a feeling of dread. They just don't feel like it. They're like, oh, this is the last thing I want to do. So I'm going to talk about in a little bit how it's really important for you to understand what are the sentences in your brain that you keep repeating to yourself and what feelings are are they causing that's causing you to then procrastinate? But zooming out, I want to talk about evolutionarily speaking, why it makes perfect sense that as humans we procrastinate. And it's because of the motivational triad, which I recommend looking up online. But essentially, the motivational triad is the three basic human motivations that we were designed in order to be able to survive, to increase the odds of survival. They are number one, seek pleasure, number two, avoid pain, and number three, be efficient, okay? That is how we have survived as humans, seeking pleasure, avoiding pain, being efficient, okay? 
So remember, there's a part of our brain that is the animal brain that is most concerned with these motivations, and it's still at play. It's something that you still impacts you day to day. Now, what we want to do since we're evolved humans and we have the other part of our brain that is evolved and can think long term and can think of things more critically, like that's the part of your brain that helps you achieve big goals. We want to bring awareness of what are the motivations that are more primal in you that are taking over, okay? Think of that part of your brain, the animal brain, as like a toddler. And then your higher brain is the adult, okay? So sometimes we let the toddler run the show when really the adult needs to be telling the toddler what we should be doing and the plan for today, okay? So I just wanted to share that because it is like the evolutionary reason why we procrastinate. It's very normal. You don't need to think that, wow, something is wrong with me or maybe I should be put on some kind of treatment for this. I mean, maybe, but I just want to normalize. This is a very common obstacle with going after big goals is procrastination. So normalize that for yourself. And then you do want to spend some time understanding, okay, now what are the sentences in my brain that I keep telling myself that are causing which feeling? What is the thought feeling combo? I talk a lot to my clients about mindset work and how what we're thinking in our brains is really important because it causes certain feelings and those feelings influence the way that we show up or don't show up, okay? So a lot of you come to a career coach and you're like, all right, what do I do? What's my resume template? What's the job search strategy? Like you want the tactical advice and I can give you strategy all day. I can give you so many things that you could be doing to advance in your job search. But if your brain and the sentences that you're telling yourself are not in service of your goal and are not creating feelings of excitement, calm, patience, like positive emotions that allow you to move forward, if you don't have those powerful thought feeling combinations operating at the same time, then you're not going to do the things that I'm telling you to do. And if you don't do the things that I'm telling you to do, you won't achieve your goal. So I can give you all the strategy all day, but if you're actually just avoiding doing it, not doing it, giving into procrastination, that's where we need to take a look to see, okay, what are the thoughts and the feelings that you're regularly having that are leading you to decide I'm just going to avoid doing this work right now? Okay, so I do want to really quickly define what is procrastination and why is it that we do it. So procrastination is very simple. It is when you either told yourself you were going to do something or you told someone else you were going to do something and you end up not doing it. You delay the task to another time in the future. And the reason why you procrastinate every single time is to avoid feeling an emotion in the moment, to avoid feeling discomfort. That is always why you procrastinate. So if you told yourself, I'm getting up at seven in the morning and I'm going on a run, and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oof, these sheets are real warm and it's real cold out there. And then the feeling might be dread. And that's why you end up not getting out of bed, right? Now, I love this example from James Clear 
Schroeder, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, he talks about how if you had a friend that you had agreed to meet in the morning for this run, the thought that you have in the morning is very different. Your thought is, I'm a jerk if I don't show up and meet with my friend to go on this run that I told him I'd meet him at, right? And so the feeling is motivated to get out of bed because you want to make sure that you are a good friend of this person and it makes it more likely that you go do that thing that you told someone you would do. And that's where accountability can play a role in helping you achieve your goals. And that's great. Accountability is good. But wouldn't it be better if you could just change the thoughts in your own brain and the feelings that you're experiencing to get you to do your own stuff without having to rely on something outside of you? I mean, that would be ideal. Okay, so let's talk about how to do that. So first, we got to really identify what are the common sentences that you're saying to yourself over and over again that are creating feelings that lead to procrastination. So here are some examples. And by the way, all of these sentences I'm about to say come from the toddler part of your brain. This is the inner toddler talking to you trying to run the show, also known as the animal brain. Okay, so here we go. And these are probably going to be very familiar. I don't want to. I don't feel like doing it. It's going to be hard. I don't know where to start. I'm not good enough to even be working on this goal. I'm not good enough to even try this. I won't be able to do this dot, dot, dot. So what's the point? My job is not that bad. That's a sneaky one. Watch out for that one. My job isn't that bad. I don't need to work on this. It's not that critical. This is going to take forever. My friends, my partner, they're hanging out without me. I would rather be doing something fun with my friends. Okay, so these are just a few sentences that cause feelings of rebellion, which is funny because it's like literally rebellion against yourself, justified, confused, insecure, self-doubt, fear, missing out, like deprivation. Deprivation is a very common emotion, right? So those are the thoughts. Those are the feelings. Which ones apply to you? I want you to figure out what are the thoughts that you keep saying to yourself? What are the toddler thoughts that it keeps you know, sending up to your brain and what feelings are you feeling on a regular basis, okay? When I was studying for the GMAT, when I was applying to business school, I worked on that goal for a whole year. It took me way too long. I worked on that for too long. I wasted lots of months working on that goal. And a lot of it was because I engaged in a lot of negative self-talk. I, I, I allowed my toddler brain to just honestly run amok with thoughts that were not serving me and not getting me into the feeling space that helped me actually work productively. And so I look back at that year, it was 2017. I had all the the books, you know, you got the books, got the courses, I think I paid for some courses, I had all the things. And the thoughts were just like, I don't want to, I'm going to suck at this. I haven't done math in forever. I was terrified of doing the math. I don't know where to start. This is a lot. All these thoughts that were just creating so much negative emotion for me. Like, no wonder it took me so long to get started and to get really, really in the swing of things because I kept thinking thoughts that were not serving me. And it kept me in a place of fear, of self doubt. And, and then I went into this mode, it was like in the middle of the year, where I did start to create 
set blocks of time in my schedule in the morning, in the evening, on the weekends. I started to, you know, say no to lots of social invitations in the on the weekends and during the week and the evenings. During that period of time, I was still resisting the work that had to be done. And I was still engaging at that point around thoughts that were like my friends are hanging out without me. I would rather be out at the club. <laughs> this is when I was in my late 20s. I was still going out a lot. But you know, like I was I think I was like 28, 29. So I was like, you know, I, I don't want to be at a library like for hours on end on a Saturday. So I want you to notice like are these thoughts that you also engage in? Do you also make the work that you need to do harder than it needs to be by the thoughts that you keep saying to yourself over and over and over again and the feelings that like keeping you in that negative, I would call it a low value work cycle. Okay, it means you're not getting shit done during that time because you're engaging in just negative thoughts, negative feelings. You ain't doing nothing. You're not doing the work. And if you are doing the work, you're doing it slowly because you're resisting it. And you're like, why do I have to do this? I'm so mad. I'm so mad that I have to do this. Right. And I went through that, too. I went through that journey mid year during my GMAT stuff where that's where I was. I was mad. I was like, I'm mad that I'm at the library. I'm mad that I have to do this. And that creates so much resistance. That thought of like, I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't be doing this creates so much resistance. It slows down the entire process. Yeah, no wonder July 2017 came around and my first GMAT test, I got a 550, which is a very low score. And that was the first test that I, the first official test that I took. And, you know, I, I experienced a lot of like, a lot of negative emotions then. Like when I was like, oh, wow, I nowhere closer, seven months into the year and I'm not anywhere closer than I thought I would be at this point. And so the only way that this started to turn around for me was when I started to change my thought process and the feelings that I was experiencing on a daily basis. So August to I would say mid-December was when I started to turn around my thinking. I started to turn around my feelings that I was experiencing. And that is how I was able to show up in a totally different way working on that goal. And I was able to improve my score by 100 points by the end of the year. Okay, so that's why I'm talking talking about like the thoughts and the sentences and the feelings in your brain and how you feel because that is the key to unlocking whether or not you do the things that you need to do, how long it takes you to achieve your goals, and if you enjoy the process or if you're going to make it a miserable AF process. I lost so many days and weeks of that year because I was just feeling sorry for myself, I feel like miserable and it made the whole thing way harder and way more dramatic than it needed to be. And so I don't want that for you. I don't want your career change process to take a whole dang year or to be longer, to be in a miserable state the whole time. And that's why being aware of your thoughts and your feelings and whether or not it's actually serving you is a really key part of this puzzle. Okay, so I want you to get clear on what are the sentences and the feelings, the thought feeling combos that you 
keep playing over and over again because that's going to give you a lot of awareness on how you need to think differently and shift your thinking to get you to show up in a totally different way and have different feelings. When your toddler brain is taking over, you need to get the adult in the room. The adult is the version of you that does want to achieve this big goal in the long term, that does want to make tens of thousands of more dollars. The version of you that wants to work in a positive work environment, that works somewhere where your personal boundaries aren't violated or you're not working with toxic leaders. The version of you that wants to do work that's more interesting and that gives you energy and that you're not dreading. The version of you that has a remote job and work flexibility so that you can spend more time with your family. Whatever it is that you have decided are the reasons why you want to make this change, you need to get the adult back in the room, back online, and remind yourself of why you're doing this work in the first place. This is why I also recommend that you literally write down what are the 25 to 30 things that you want out of your next career move And what I mean by that is like, what are the benefits of making this move? I'm going to have more time for myself. I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be able to save more. I'm going to be able to put away more for retirement, which will allow me to retire earlier. Like, what are all the benefits of you achieving this career goal? You want to get clear on that and get clear on why you're doing this, because when your toddler brain is like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing this. I think we should just watch Netflix. You need to get the adult back in the room and remind yourself like, why is it that you are willing to experience temporary discomfort, which gets easier, by the way, once you start getting rolling, why you're willing to do that. There's lots of reasons why. The thing is that when the toddler brain takes over, we forget about that. And we're only concerned with avoiding pain, seeking pleasure, being as efficient as possible, which by the way, means lying in bed all day. Okay, this toddler voice will never go away completely. This is part of who we are. This is how we're wired as human beings. What you want to be able to do is introduce the adult voice more often so that it's balanced and at least you're getting both sides. Eventually, you want to introduce new sentences from the adult part of your brain to get you moving in the right direction. Too many of y'all are letting your animal brain just run 90% of your daily actions and then you wonder why you're unhappy with what you're currently living in because all your decisions are based on avoiding pain, pursuing pleasure, being as efficient as possible. Okay, here are some sentences that can help get the adult back online. Let's not be dramatic. Let's just set a timer for 30 minutes and see what we can get done in 30 minutes. I will feel way better after it's done. I can do hard things. I've done them before. You're worth betting on yourself. It's worth it for me to do this work. You're worth doing the work for. I'm someone who cares about my career. Doing this small task gets me closer to my dream. I'm willing to work on this every day, even if it's just 20 minutes, because it means that in three months, I'll be much closer to my goal or at my goal. The sooner I do this work, the closer I get to my goal. If I don't do this work today, there will be more costs and more work for me down the road. I want to get this goal done, so let's just go ahead and get to work. Let's get to work, okay? So a lot of these feelings cause emotions of patience, faith, determination, willingness, courage, okay? And you have to play around with that. You have to figure out what are the thoughts that are going to work for you. This is thought work. It's amazing. This is how you change your life, okay? You just change the way that you think. It's important, though, that you believe the thought. The more you believe the thought, the more it works for you. If you really want to turn up the volume, you can actually do a little meditation and remind yourself like, 
What is it that you want to get out of this process? What's your why? And imagine yourself in your future life having the thing that you already have. This was something that helped me with my GMAT debacle, (laughs) my year-long GMAT, you know, journey, was I kept thinking about what was truly at stake for me. At the time, I was super unhappy in my career. I was unhappy for lots of reasons that I felt like I was being almost pushed out of this career path in this place. And I I kept thinking like, it has to be better. It has to get better. And I'm going to get myself there. And I'm going to figure this out. And I also got to a point where I was like, even if I don't get the best score, I'm so confident in everything else that I bring to the table in terms of work experience and my professional experiences and my strengths that like a business school somewhere is gonna gonna accept me and like this is me after having gone through quite a lot but like that's what was enough for me to get me going and moving in the right direction and showing up every day I think part of what I had to do was accept that this process was not going to be fun necessarily like doing math and then like timing myself doing math problems like I had to sort of just accept that this was just work that I needed to do to improve Another thing that also helped me a ton with shifting my mindset with the GMAT was for a long time, I made it mean something about me as a person and my worthiness that I couldn't get some of these like quant problems. And over time, I realized that honestly, like most people struggle with the GMAT. It's a hard test. And I realized that even quant heavy engineer types, you know, also struggled with the GMAT and it wasn't just me. I also realized that the GMAT, a lot of it was like strategy and game. And like once you learn the rules of that game and how to play that game, it gets easier. And that was what ultimately helped me shift my mindset because I was like, oh, this isn't about me, Priscilla, not being smart enough or good enough. It's really just like, let me learn how to play this game, just how I needed to learn how to play Monopoly. Like I just needed to learn how to play this game. And like that actually took off so much pressure and negative emotion for me. And it allowed me to show up for my study sessions in a totally different energy because I was like, all right, like what's the game like let's figure this out and that worked for me like that was ultimately what got me to improve 100 points in just a few months and when I think about it I'm like wow if I had just had that mindset all along from the beginning it had never made the GMAT mean something about me as a person I probably would have been able to you know get the score that I got in the end much sooner and I would have enjoyed way more quality of life the rest of the year right instead of feeling that stress that I felt towards the end of the year trying to get that test out. So I want you to think about like, what are the ways that you can tweak your thoughts and shift them so that you can start to feel maybe it's calm, maybe it's courage, maybe it's, you know, just a little bit of determination or maybe excited. Like you have to figure out what is the emotional state that you need to be in to show up and productively work towards your goals. You want to make sure that when you're sitting down to work on your career change job search activities that you are in a really good mental and feeling state because that allows you to work way more productively and it just makes the whole process so much easier. So I really, really recommend that you bring some awareness to your thought feeling combinations and how it's helping you move forward on your career change journey. So if you've been kicking the can down the road, you know, routinely not doing the things that you told yourself you were going to do with your job search, take this time, take the time to figure out what are the unhelpful negative thoughts that are creating this cycle for you and then decide, like decide, do I actually want to work on this goal? 
or maybe I don't care about it enough. Like be honest with yourself. Only work on goals that are truly, truly meaningful and are going to change your life for the better. All right, y'all. I will be back in the future with another procrastination episode because there really is so much to this topic, but I thought I would start off with the most critical part, which is knowing your thought-feeling combos and starting to tweak those to help you move forward in your journey. All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com slash free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.